1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
2: There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S., and each week we focus on their stories. This is CBS Ion on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs, a reporter for ConnectingVets.com, a military news and veteran lifestyle website. Now, again, this week, we'll open the show with another conversation about the war in Ukraine with a veteran who's there right now and is saying that the aid the U.S. is bringing is not getting the job done. Specifically, in my last correspondence with Colonel Andy Milburn, he said via text, It's frustrating. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how much the U.S. is doing. Retired Colonel Andy Milburn has 31 years as an infantry and special operations officer. His last position in uniform was deputy commander of Special Operations Central, and before that, he was the commanding officer of the Marine Raider Regiment and Combined Special Operations Task Force in Iraq. During his time in combat, he fought through some of the deadliest days in Afghanistan, led a joint special operations task force, which successfully fought back ISIS and won back territory in Iraq. Since retiring, he's written the critically acclaimed memoir, When the Tempest Gathers, and he's currently in Ukraine on assignment for task and purpose. When I recently saw his coverage on social media, I was blown away. His videos and articles from the field are raw and unfiltered. Like his recent article, Legion of the Damned, where he documents American military wannabes joining the Ukrainian foreign legion only to find themselves in a hellish fight they're not qualified or prepared to fight in. Another great read is his article, Russian forces face two choices in Kiev. Both will be bloody and costly. But if that wasn't enough, he's now embarking on a very ambitious nonprofit. He's the founder and head of the Mozart Group which is comprised of former United States Special Operations Forces personnel, and their mission is to deliver critically required capabilities and training to Ukrainian soldiers on the front lines. This week, I spoke with Andy from Kiev about the Mozart Group, its mission, and his view of USAID. Andy, tell me what I need to know right now.
3: All right, man. Um, yeah, it's so the Mozart Group comprises a group of former U.S. special operators—they don't have to be U.S. In fact, actually, we've got a couple of Brits who've joined us now. Um, But I want to tell you uh, that what distinguishes us from perhaps other groups. So, number one, uh, we are—we're providing—we're focusing on the military, on and we're focusing on building capacity. All right. What I mean by that is we aren't doing random touches of training, uh, like you know, at the the flat range, rifle range, whatever it may be. Um, We we are. Uh, we take uh, quite a narrow focus, begin with the focusing on the really best Ukrainian units, the ones that are in the heaviest combat. And uh, and we want to develop and then um, sustainable capability. All right. What does that mean? That sounds, you, you know, it sounds very benign, but actually it means little things like they do not have medics online. You know, they they Ukrainians are uh, incurring this a, a a huge number of casualties, not as bad as the Russians, but by U.S. standards, very, very high and needlessly so. You know, they're standards of uh, medical care on the front line or, you know, what what we experienced maybe pre-Vietnam. That's how bad it is. Um, You know, it's just one area. We're focusing on uh, EOD capability. All right. We've just begun that because that's going to be. In great demand going ahead as, as the Ukrainians come in and start clearing areas. You probably heard about the casualties that have been taken place have taken place up in Urpin, mixture of, uh, booby traps and IEDs. Uh, but we're also, you know, to be frank with you, focusing on, um, on, on cutting edge, edge lethal capabilities. All right. Uh, what we call enabling them to close the kill chain at the lowest possible level by providing, um, UAVs. Um, long-range precision fires from snipers to anti-tank weapons to drones that can that can drop ordnance um you know so uh some of the stuff that we do uh does certainly set us apart from the other for instance NGOs we are not an NGO we're tied in closely with an NGO the uh, Ukraine Freedom Front and I'm sorry Ukraine Freedom Foundation that oh, you owner know, what's going to kill me for not giving them a plug but uh but yeah, we're very much above board. We've got lawyers, um, you know, observing just oversight of what we're doing. So if money comes in uh, that is earmarked for for, um, or we need to provide uh, training that would result in, in deaths of Russians, um, then we cannot, you know, we don't accept that under the NGO. We have to uh, collect donations separately under the Mozart group. And, um, but, uh, the, yeah, it's a, it's a comprehensive approach. What the other thing that separates us is we are not the Legion. I'm not providing trigger pullers online. That's not what the Ukrainians need. The Legion has become a, just a huge pain in the ass for them. Uh, it really has from discipline problems, um, to the fact that these guys have to be, uh, taken care of and fed and everything all, with all the things that Ukrainians are short of, right? What they do need is, is assistance just observing Russian tactics, techniques, providing the equipment and training that enables them to, you know, to defeat the Russians. And now they're going into an offensive campaign. The Russians on the defense are, that's their strongest position. They're very good at massing fires. They're very, you know, they lay reams of mines and Ukrainians are going to need help. And that's why we're here. We're receiving absolutely no government, U S government help. That is not me whining. I understand that's a question of policy. Um, but it means that raising donations, that's the hardest thing that we do. I spend a disproportionate of my time right now just trying to do exactly that, which is a new, it's entirely new to me. Um, but we have to, because one thing I do not want is, uh, you know, the, we've seen a spike of of global interest in Ukraine in the last month because of the war, but because of the way news cycle works, that's going to start to ebb, right? You know, Kiev is out of danger. And my biggest fear is that we will have created expectations here that we are unable to follow through with because um, we're, we're running short of money. And I hope that is not the case. Uh, I, as far as, you know, from an ethical point of view, none of us takes delight in, um, uh, in, in, in doing things that result in deaths. But, um, sadly, you know, Ukraine's in a position where it's either Russian troops who are dying or it's Ukrainian civilians, you know, and Ukrainian soldiers defending that country. Um, and to that, and to us, that is not a choice. You know, it's kind of the, the lesser evil. We are not mercenaries in that expect, in sense, though. And that's why I'm adamant about that. Our guys do not pull triggers. They're not here to kill people. Um, they, they're here to, to, uh, to, I suppose, to enable the Ukrainians to do so, which may seem like a fine moral point to make, but it's an important one to me, right? With proper financial support, I understand that you again
2: yeah. are not looking for fighters on the front lines, like we've observed with the Foreign Legion. I understand that your background, especially as a seasoned Marsoc leader, um, you know you've experienced war on many levels. You understand the tactics. You understand how to advise and assist these troops. May I ask, isn't that what our government is already supposedly doing? Isn't that what the Biden administration uh, has promised? Yeah. Are you able uh, to get javelins okay. that they that the military yeah. can provide? All right. Here,
3: here's, here's what's actually happening, and uh, a- anyone who's actually gone up at the front line um, and visited units will tell you the same thing. Through a, through a, you know, layers and layers of bureaucracy, and I'm not going to point fingers at anyone in particular. Layers of bureaucracy, beginning with. Um, kind of, I frankly, okay, I suppose I am pointing fingers inept policy. Um, this stuff's being held up, right? Um, if the funding has been held up. The funding doesn't go to us. Um, uh, you know, it's supposed to go on an equipment, uh, but the equipment is piling up in warehouses in Poland and Lviv. It is just not getting to where it needs to be. So I've heard a lot of chest beating about everything the United States is doing. Frankly, um, the Ukrainians are quite. You know, disgruntled and bitter that nothing is, is uh, getting to where it needs to be. And that, that's actually one, one aspect of our mission. Um, and perhaps a, you know, less sexy aspect and not that any of this is sexy, but it is, is ensuring, you know, hand carrying, hand delivering badly needed critical requirements to the front line from drones to sappy plates, um, to sniper ammunition to anti-tank weapons, you know, all of the above. You know, there are some success stories in the pie supply piece. Uh, javelins and Yen laws have received a lot of, you know, anti tank weapons have received a lot of uh, publicity, but the, the javelins uh, came without training. Uh, so you, we've seen a, a prevalent problem with batteries running down because they don't turn the clues off. I mean, I, I don't mean to get technical, but the point is, you can't just provide equipment, right? What, whatever it is, you have to provide training too. And that's what we do. We provide the training. And we deliver the equipment into hands and then we supervise its use um, and we get feedback and we do, you know, enhanced training. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to sound bitter, but I I am a little bit about all, all the stuff I'm reading that we just do not see. Um, but that's why we're here.
2: Right on. Again, Andy Milburn. Marine Corps veteran, uh, you know, the famed unit, uh, the Raiders, the MARSOC Raiders. And uh, I know you know what you're doing over there is boots on the ground. I can't thank you enough for assisting. Will these donations help assist you get the tactical weaponry you need or that the Ukrainians need to push the Russians back out Uh, and and liberate them?
3: 100%. So, you know, I mean, let, let me... 100% 100% that is our goal. You know, and I'll say uh, that's an in, innovation statement. Um, I can't make that guarantee. I can tell you that we aren't leaving until, um, we, we have accomplished that goal. And the Ukrainians know that anything short of a eviction of Russian boots from Ukrainian soil is a defeat. And that was highlighted. That point was highlighted by this, you know, the atrocities, um, that, you know, that they, are being uncovered. And we've been hearing rumors of this for a long time, you know, the gang rapes, the um, executions of civilians, but it was impossible to prove while the Russians held that territory. And now they're being pushed back. You know, we see exactly, I mean, they, these guys are animals, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, these aren't isolated incidents. These, these are, these are, these are part of the institution of the Russian army. They, I mean, it, it is, um it, it's flabbergasting to me that, We've got a 21st century sovereign nation with an army that is behaving worse than the German army in the Second World War. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's quite uh, it's it is quite horrific. Um So we are very determined to support Ukrainians in doing that. I have the highest end instructors. My guys are all ex-MASOC operators. I just had a chief sniper out here. I've got one of the best explosives experts in MARSOC out here now. And I've got a, uh, a former Marine. He's not a MARSOC guy who is an EMS trainer um, who is uh, who is building a, a combat lifesaver package for them, uh, which is something they, they badly need. Um, I'm, and as I mentioned, I've got a couple of Brits who've latched on to us who are extraordinary individuals who've been doing bomb disposal. And, um, you know, they these guys, uh, you know, I have to... I'm, I'm trying to... I tell them... We're not here to get certainly we're not going to get any richer here, but I don't want them to get poorer either, so i am I am paying them, and of course that requires uh funding,
2: yes indeed, and uh you know what to that how do we contribute? How does somebody listening to this get involved and help out your efforts
3: um two ways okay, the ukraine freedom fund um and and I can find the website to that, and I'll also provide the website to the Mozart group, and on there is a button. Uh, to donate, we're getting, um, a GoFundMe page up and running. By the way, if any of your listeners wants to assist me with that, because I am crappy at setting that sort of thing up, I am happy. I'm happy to take any, um, any help at all. Thanks, Phil. I hope that's, uh, <laughs> I hope Outstanding. I there off. No,
2: sir. And you know what? Talking to you in, you know, a live war zone in an, in an active environment. I just appreciate you, uh, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, I originally saw that you were going to be reporting there. You can see you reporting on task and purpose. Um, but you have really kind of, I think, ascended to what I envisioned was just a reporter or somebody with military tactical experience on the ground helping us see the atrocities that are unfolding. You rolling up your sleeves, working with the other members and the veterans from the operations community in teaching, training, and helping our Ukrainians stand and fight. And I laud your efforts over there, Andy. Thank you so much, sir. Uh,
3: I know a lot has been written about Ukrainian resilience, but you have to see it to believe it. Um, you really do. I mean, it's just the, the civilians, everyone. Um, the, the, you know, Putin has created a nation. You know, the Ukrainian, Ukrainian history in the last 20, 30 years has been somewhat divided. Uh, but for the first time, even the Russian speakers in the East are banding together and thinking themselves as Ukrainian nationals. And, and I'm hoping that'll be one good thing that comes out of this horrific war.
2: Now again, we've been speaking with retired Marine Corps Colonel Andy Milburn. He's got 31 years as an infantry and special operations officer, including deputy commander of Special Operations Central and a former commanding officer of the Marine Corps Raider Regiment, also known as MARSOC. More than anything from this podcast, I want you to take away the fact that you can support what he is doing over there and the other special operations veterans who are doing their dead-level best to see to it that they can help keep the Ukrainians trained equipped and as you heard also have the combat medic training and the supplies they need to deal with the casualties on the battlefield now to support them fully check out the mozartgroup.com and there's a donate button right on the home page there you can also read about the work that the mozart group is doing you can also find them at fundly.com it's like a GoFundMe page. It's a fundraising page. Uh, they're up to about $12,000 right now. But uh, in the weeks and months to come, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than that. So, again, the Mozartgroup.com, And then look for the Mozart Group on fundly.com. Reporting for the military news and veteran lifestyle website, Connecting Vets, I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs. And I'll talk to you again when CBS Eye on Veterans returns.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself
4: by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Millie Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It On The Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It On The Fame early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
1: The Hargan women seem to have it all.
4: From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing.
1: But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household.
4: Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering.
1: I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.